today's episode of the Fit to Lead podcast, I'm super excited to have Dr. Ruth Godian, who is the Chief Learning Officer and Assistant Professor of Education and Anesthesiology and former Assistant Dean of Mentoring and Executive Director of the Mentoring Academy at Real Cornell Medicine. She's been hailed as an expert in mentoring and leadership development and is currently a contributor to Forbes and Psychology Today, where she writes about optimizing success. She also has a weekly show and podcast where she gathers high achievers to talk about their journey to success. And in 2021, she was one of 30 people worldwide to be named to the Thinkers 50 radar list, dubbed the Oscars of Management Thinking, and was a semifinalist for the Forbes 50 over 50 list. She's also the author of The Success Factor, Developing the Mindset and Skill Set for Peak Performance. So you'll definitely get some great takeaways in this episode. So I am super excited to have Dr. Ruth Gotian with me today on the Fit to Lead podcast. Ruth, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait. This is exciting. Awesome. So in a typical Fit to Lead fashion, I always like to kick off things with my guests by having them share about their journey and how they got to where they are today. So I was um, a business major for both my bachelor's and my master's, what seems like a thousand years ago. And like all good business students, I dipped my toe in finance and banking and lasted two years and realized that I'm not whistling on my way to work. I'm good at it, really good at it, but I don't love it. And that's my first inkling that there's a difference. And I knew I wanted to get back to my first love, which was working with students, but I wanted students that had too much to lose. And I decided, hmm, what's the most competitive program for students? And I realized, That's an MD PhD program where the students get the dual degree. So I ran that program for over 20 years. It was a program that had a three and a half percent acceptance rate. Wow. And that's when I realized that these people do things differently, see things differently, question things differently. And I really became obsessed with their way of learning and the way they achieved success And I tell people I became so obsessed with success that at the age of 43, I decided while working full-time and raising a family to go back to school and get my doctorate. And I took a deep dive. When I'm going to learn something, I go deep. So I literally got a doctorate studying success. Wow. Wow. And I studied the most successful physician scientists of our generation. And since then, I haven't been able to stop. I I studied other extreme high achievers, such as astronauts, Olympic champions, Fortune 500 CEOs, senior government officials. I just love figuring out what made them so successful. And I realized that a Nobel Prize winner is just like an Olympic champion. And if that's the case, these are learnable skills. And if something's learnable, I can teach it. So I reverse engineered the path to success, created a blueprint, wrote my book, The Success Factor, and go around teaching and talking about it to anyone who will listen. Oh, I love that. I love that. So as a, as a recovering type A perfectionist, high achiever, I love, I love always like learning the hacks and the different, you know, tips and tricks. So, oh my gosh, that's just fascinating to me. So I just love that whole journey. So throughout that, you know, like raising a family, doing all the things, getting your PhD, what, what did you stumble upon? That's your superpower. I realized that I was able to ask questions and dive deeper, which is the basis of 
social science and qualitative research in order to get people to reflect on their experiences. And then I could see those reflections and connect dots. So when I talk about the four elements of success that all extreme high achievers had, they didn't say, well, first I found my intrinsic motivation and then I developed my perseverance and I built a strong foundation, but I knew how to pull out experiences from people they were, they were never conscious that they were doing these things, but I am able to pull this out of people. And I do this all the time when I talk to people. So I think that's definitely my superpower. So I, I get people to focus on their why, like, why are you doing this? And they say, oh, cause I'm good at it. And I said, just cause you're good at it doesn't mean you have to do it. Right. There's right. a difference because it's not sustainable. You'll burn out. Let's find what you're passionate about. Let's figure that out. And you know, Allison, you know, when someone's passionate about what they're doing, their whole face lights up and they're like me, you can't get them to shut up about it. Cause you know, I geek out. I love talking about success and you'll know that everyone's face lights up when they talk about what they love doing. Yes. And it doesn't feel like work, right? You just can't get enough. Oh, I love that. And when totally. it does, you don't mind it. You don't mm-hmm. mind it because it's towards something that you find so important. I love that. I love that. So, so what do all of these extreme high achievers have in common? Ah, there's actually four things. So buckle up. All right. All right. The first thing is they have found their why, their passion and their purpose. And there's actually adult learning theory behind this, right? When you have this fire in your belly, no one can stop you. No one, you need to figure this out. There's a reason for it. And in adult learning, we call this intrinsic motivation. It comes Mm. from within. You have that passion, that purpose. This is why you were put on this earth. Now, this is different from extrinsic motivation, where you're doing it for the diploma, the promotion, the award, you know, those external drivers where other people are judging you. Mm -hmm. And if other people judge you, you cannot continue at that pace. It is not sustainable. You will burn out or you will fail out. Mm. So when I had people come to me and say, oh, I'm so burnt out. I don't know if I can continue with this. I would literally pull out their essays from when they applied to the programs. Their why do you want to be a physician scientist essay? Because I had to remind them of their intrinsic motivation of their why. And when you know your why, you are unstoppable. And sometimes you need to be reminded of that. So by all means, you know, write down your why and put it up over your desk on a piece of paper. So that's number one, is your passion, your purpose, your intrinsic motivation. Number two, when you love what you do, nothing and no one is going to stop you from doing it. You have this perseverance, this resilience, this grit to continue and you get into a state of flow where, you know, the, the, times just melts away. You're not hungry. You're not tired. You're not achy. You need to get this done. And when you are faced with challenges, you are not frozen. Mm. You don't question if you will overcome the challenge, you know, that you will, because you're passionate about this. Instead, what you're going to do is you're going to shift your mindset and figure out what is the strategy I haven't thought of yet? What do I need to do in order to make this happen? And now you're fueled again, right? Mm, Yeah. Number three, I don't care how many medals you get. I don't care how many impressive people, you know, 
you are still, despite all those accolades, still going to have what I call a strong foundation, which you're constantly reinforcing. Mm -hmm. The same things you did early in your career are the same things that you will do later on in your career. I don't know of a single Nobel Prize winner who gave up doing research just because they got the Nobel Prize. The Olympians, the NBA champions I've spoken to are still doing the same drills that you would see in any junior high gym. It doesn't change. They just have better sneakers and equipment, but the drills are exactly the same. I spoke to three-time Olympian and gold medal volleyball player, Ryan Millar. He said the same warmups that they do to get control of the ball are mm -hmm. the same warmups that he did in his backyard when he was seven years old. Wow. Hasn't changed. Right. <sighs> Love that. And then the last thing is that all of these extreme high achievers are constantly learning through informal means. They don't stop learning just because they became successful. They don't stop. So how do they learn? The informal classroom doesn't really work for us at this stage in our life. So they learn by reading and they could read books. They could read articles. They could read blogs. They can listen to podcasts such as this one. Hopefully I'm dropping some good nuggets here. Yeah. They can talk to other people. They can watch YouTube videos and they also surround themselves with a team of mentors, people mm. who believe in them more than they believe in themselves. And that's, what's so critical. So you have intrinsic motivation, perseverance, um, strong foundation, which is constantly being reinforced and learning, continuous learning through informal means. Oh, I love that. I love that. So now that begs the question, can the average person, the mere mortal become a high achiever? Yes. Yes. I don't Yay. think anybody <laughs> wakes up in the morning saying, I want to be average. I think everybody wants to achieve more. But people don't know how to do it. So they wind up doing these random things, right? It's like throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping something will stick. Right. And it doesn't work. So the key is you have to do all four of these things together. But the step one is you must find what you are passionate about doing. You must find what you're intrinsically motivated to do. And when I work with people to figure these things out, I take them through what I call a passion audit where we take a deep dive to figure out what it is that you love doing. And there's a big difference between being good at something and being passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So what are the things that you love to do? And if your listeners want a template of that passion audit, they can just go to my website, ruthgotian.com slash passion audit, and they can download it for free. Awesome. And I will definitely include that in the show notes to make it super easy for people to check that out. Cause I know I want to check that out. And so when it comes to, you know, improving your mindset, staying motivated, you know, being fueled by your passion, do you have any pieces of advice based on kind of what you've seen in your research? I think always remembering your why is so critical. And that's mm -hmm. why I said, write it down on a post-it note, write it down on a paper, put it in front of you. And also surround yourself with what I call a team of mentors. And these are people at three different levels that you need to have on your team. You need to have people who are senior to you. Mm -hmm. They've seen it all before, right? You need to have people who are junior. They have that energy, right? And they can tell you about all the new things and what's in vogue and how people are communicating these days, right? 
but you also want people at your level. You want peer mentors as well, because they have the empathy. They're going through similar things, but also peers rise together. You're not going to be a lower level or mid-level manager forever. And also when you have your peers, they, you share this common knowledge and this common language. And that's why you want to have, and people forget that peers are a critical piece of the mentoring team. Now you don't need to get all these people together around the table. This is not a dissertation defense. You do need to be able to have them and you call on whoever you need at any time as you need them. I love that. I love that. So it's like a board of advisors, right? It's like, ah, I love. So, you know, I know your book is coming out, but are there any books or podcasts around this topic that you could recommend that folks uh, check out? Well, I'm an avid reader. I read 70 to hundred books a year. So we can be all day (laughs) if I'm going to, if I'm going to talk about that, but I'll tell you about the two books that I just read this week, which I think are perfect. One is um, an autobiography of a Nobel Prize winner, Dr. Robert Lefkowitz, Bob Lefkowitz, who's actually one of the Nobel Prize winners who's profiled in my book, The Success Factor. And I always said he is the funniest Nobel Prize winner I have ever met in my entire life. And his autobiography will have you laughing out loud, even if you're alone in the room. (laughs) Now, as I talked about intrinsic motivation and perseverance and strong foundation and continuous learning. If you read his autobiography, you will see it in neon lights. You won't be able to unsee it. So Dr. Bob Lefkowitz's autobiography is called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Stockholm. Mm -hmm. Stockholm being where the Nobel Prizes are um, given. So that's one book. The second book I just finished reading is by Dory Clark. It's her latest book called The Long Game, which really talks about strategic thinking and really having the patience and creating the space so that you can think long-term towards your goal and constantly do things toward that goal, which is something I work with people on all the time. So those are the, just the, the books that I read this week. So they're definitely top of mind. I love it. Okay. So now I have to ask. So I usually strive to read 30 books a year. So I would love to know what is the trick to reading that many books? So I read in different ways. So I read print books, Audible and Kindle based on the type of book. So I'm reading multiple books at once. Ah. So during my commute, it's Audible, um, leadership books. I like to have in print because I like to write in them and highlight. And sometimes I use, I reference them when I'm teaching And then books that require no thinking whatsoever, I like to read on my Kindle. And that's just how I quiet my mind is is by reading. So certain people need exercise every day. Some people like television every day. Just to to both invigorate my mind and quiet my mind, I, I just need to read. I love it. I love it. So I appreciate, I appreciate those tips. And I love that you have kind of three different ways to consume your books. That is awesome. All right. So that might be, that might be the answer to my next question, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Your favorite life hack. Oh, this, this is critical. This I learned later in life. I am an early riser Mm -hmm. and I wake up before everyone else hours before everyone else. And What I noticed is that the first few hours, I am super alert, super focused, and I have learned to leverage that time. So the morning hours before anyone is awake, and then as I continue going, 
Those are what I call my deep cognitive hours. Those are the hours where I do my more creative work, my reading, my writing, my editing. That's when I need to use my brain the most. I am not checking email. I am not doing passive tasks. Whenever I can, I push, I push all um, Zooms to the afternoon um, mm-hmm. just because they're more passive. So um, that's what I try to do. And um, that, that's my life hack. Just leverage that time. I love that. I love that because you were leaning into like when your energy is at its peak, right? Your, your cognitive energy. I love that. Um, Cause it's funny. I've read uh, different things about, you know, having, having things that are more passive in the afternoon when your, your energy and your kind of your, your brain is a little mm-hmm. bit more worn out. Yep. <laughs> so I love that. So as we wrap up, I would love for you to share where people could connect with you, learn more about you. And I will make sure to include all of that info in the show notes as well. Sure. So my website is ruthgotian.com. It's also where you can find that passion audit and also um, all the social media. It's just my name and the book is called the success factor and it's available wherever you, wherever you buy your books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, it's all there. Perfect. Ruth, thank you so, so much for taking the time to be with me today. I loved learning more about you and learning more about uh, all, what all these high achievers have in common. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have you tried Built Bars yet? If you haven't, you are totally missing out. These incredible protein bars are macro-friendly. Some are gluten-free and nut-free, and they come in amazing flavors like coconut brownie, raspberry cheesecake, and my newest favorite, churro marshmallow. So check them out and use the code Allison Jackson Fitness, all one word, and save 10% today. Try it out and see how you like it and let me know. And again, it's www.builtbar.com and the code Allison Jackson Fitness to save 10%. Try it out today.